Howdy. David George of Southern Lingo. We're part six. George R. Kelly. Now, we talked about him kidnapping uh, Charles F. Urschel. Uh, <clears throat> now, after about four days of this kidnapping, his family receives a note uh, to Mr. Ernest Earl Kirkpatrick, a member of Herschel's family. Uh, now, this is a passage from the note. Immediately upon receipt of this letter, you will proceed to obtain the sum of $200,000 in genuine U.S. Federal Reserve currency in the denomination of $20 bills. It will be useless for you to attempt taking notes of serial numbers, making up dummy packages, or anything else in the line of attempted double cross. Bear this in mind, Urshel will remain in our custody until money has been inspected and exchanged, and furthermore will be at the scene of contact for payoff. If there should be any attempt at any double crossing, which they've got double X's, it will be he that suffers the consequence. That is a note that was written to their family. And to show that the kidnappers, that their instructions would be heeded, he was instructed, Mr. Kirkpatrick was instructed to run the following ad in the Daily Oklahoman for a week for sale. This is straight out of the, this is the ad straight out of the paper. For sale, 160 acres of land, good five-room house, deep well, also cows, tools, tractor, corn, and hay for $3,750 for quick sale. All right. Um, two days later, Kirkpatrick received another letter. This time it came from Joplin, Missouri, which included further instructions regarding the drop-off of the money on the 29th of July. And I quote, <clears throat> You will pack $200,000 in $20 denominations in a suitable light-colored leather bag and have someone purchase transportation for you, including berth aboard train number 28. Very specific about what he wants, which, which departs at 10, 10 p.m. via the MK and T lines for Kansas City, Missouri. If indications are all right, you will observe <clears throat> a fire on the right side of the tracks. That first fire will be your cue to throw bag to track immediately after passing second fire. Now this letter concluded with the following warning. Remembering this, if any trickery is attempted, you will find the remains of Urshel, and instead of joy, there will be double grief. For someone very near and dear to the Urshel family is under constant surveillance and will likewise suffer for your error. All right, now, uh, 
Kirkpatrick, he was expected to follow the event, that plan. Uh, fell, excuse me, that plan A fell through and just as well. On the day of the drop-off, the very setback, the kidnappers had anticipated presented itself. Okay? Now, keep in mind they had a B plan. Uh, Kirkpatrick was to travel to Mulebach uh, Hotel in Kansas City. He was to check in under the name E.E. E. Kincaid at 6 p.m. And he would receive a call from a mysterious C.H. Moore. This person would provide him updated uh, stuff about the kidnap and the drop-off, I mean, the drop-off, excuse me. Um, but Kirkpatrick arrived at the LaSalle Hotel exactly 24 hours later. A heavy leather duffel bag in hand. Okay. He started west from the block. And he was greeted by a stranger in a dark suit. The brim of his straw boater or hat pulled over his eyes. This should have been enough to tell them that uh, this was not good for him if he did anything stupid. Um, the stranger uh, seized the duffel, assured him that he would, he could expect Urshel's return. He vanished quickly as he came. The 200000 that they forked over it's equivalent to about $3.6 million today. Uh, this was the largest ransom ever paid in full. Okay. On the 31st of July, uh, Urschel was sent home with $10 provided to him uh, by his captors. and he dragged his numb legs toward the front porch of his home as it says here in the book. Um, of course the FBI just came in, asked him about it, they gave him uh, the thing. Uh, and uh, of course this guy Herschel, he had a tremendous photographic memory. Okay. as they called it, a near impeccable memory. Um, and over the course of a month, they could tell, he could tell them exactly where they went down to the date. Uh, and kind of a funny detail here, nobody wanted to play poker with because uh, he could clean them out with that memory of this. Um, given his abilities, uh, He went over that nine-day captivity uh, in excruciating detail. He told them everything. Uh, and I mean, uh, he, he described their voices, described everything about them. Um, but um, uh, 
Five days later, uh, this uh, special agent, Edward Dow, went by the Shannon Ranch. Uh, he was disguised as an inspector to scope out the premises. Okay. Um, everything was exactly as Ursula described it. Uh, the long-awaited raid of all this came on the 12th day of August. Among the uh, faces in the mob were uh, Swing, Weatherford, and Ursula. Catherine's parents were cuffed and placed in the back of a squad car. They were joined by, by uh, Armin and his wife, Olivia. Bates was captured at, flat, at, flea bag, at a flea bag hotel in Denver that same day. Uh, and because of all the concrete evidence against the ones, the, all these other guys, um, Uh, George and Catherine shot to infamy, okay? Uh, they were the main stars of the newsreel theaters, okay? Uh, now, what they did next, according to the book, offers a glimpse into the unbalanced and rapidly deteriorating state of mind. Now, Catherine, she sent a series of postcards while they were on the run. Um, she wanted to, she violently demanded the release of her mother. Even though, because of their stupidity, that they got them into this. Um, she said that one letter was addressed to Joseph B. Keenan, the Assistant Attorney General of Oklahoma. Uh, and it reads on the and it, and it arrived on the 18th day of August and it reads the entire Urschel family and friends and all of you will be exterminated soon there is no way I can prevent it I will gladly put George R. Kelly on the spot for you if you will save my mother she give her husband up she's throwing him to the wolves um because she is innocent of any wrongdoing. Now, this is a quote. If you do not comply with this request, there is no way I can prevent the most awful tragedy. I shall commit some minor offense and be placed in jail so that you will know that I have no connection with the terrible slaughter that will take place in Oklahoma in the next few days. But it went unanswered. That letter went unanswered. Um, and while they were on the run, they went from uh, one city to another. They were trying to seek refuge with some of their longtime connections. Uh, of course, they slammed the door in their faces. And legend even has it, now listen to this, Al Capone even turned them away. Um, <clears throat> because they were too hot to handle. Um, even the Chicago mob bosses uh, didn't want to deal with them. 
Like I said, this guy became the most feared man in the country by everyone. Okay. Um, they were basically stranded. And were going to be more than likely captured had it not been for Joel Burr. Uh, he didn't want to let them have his guest room, but... He agreed to loan them $200 in cash and a spare vehicle. Okay. After this, the couple split up. Catherine went to Mississippi. George went to Texas. And on the 4th of September, Catherine passed through Itasca, Illinois. And when the Arnolds, a homeless family of three, stranded on the side of the road, saw Catherine in the pickup, decelerating, they were ecstatic because they were going to be picked up. Okay? They piled in the back of the truck um, along with their 12-year-old Geraldine. And she listened to the stories and offered them some kind words. But the unexpected family uh, didn't know that Catherine was cooking up a plan. Uh, hours later, they arrived at the, the Texas city of Cleburne. She provided them with a free meal at the local Greasy Spoon and a room at the, at the nearby hotel. The next day, she moved the family further with more gifts, such as beautiful new dresses for the children and the mother and a, and a modest water cash. Okay. Uh, she uh, disclosed her true identity to him and offered him $50 in cash. Um, uh, this guy, uh, Luther, <coughs> went to Fort Worth. He was going to uh, get with her lawyer and uh, about uh, and inquire about the status of her parents and uh, he did eat his toe and he received $300 and she told him to stay put so he could provide uh, updates for her. Alright? And here's where it gets uh Kind of, uh, kind of creepy. Um, Luther, uh, he had been making, uh, this is this homeless guy, had been making multiple appearances at some of the Ritzy parties and uh, frequenting the upper echelon folks. Um, he splurged Catherine's money on booze, uh, and, and his kids were set loose in the candy store. He rashly professed to be part of uh, this gang. This is the homeless guy that she was getting money to. Um, they didn't care what they did. They did. They were going to spend her money. Uh, now, on the 19th of September, 
let's see. Uh, Okay, this, the questionable couple uh, seem to have no problem with uh, executing favors on Catherine's behalf, no matter how preposterous, okay? Uh, they even allowed George and Catherine, I'm reading from the book, who eventually reunited to borrow Geraldine and use her as a drop on their trip to Chicago. On their way to the Windy City, the couple made one stop at the ranch of the ranch of Class Coleman, Catherine's uncle, where they crammed a total of $73,250 in thermos chuck and buried the vessel in the cotton patch. All right. On the 19th of September, Urschel received another postcard from the couple. Uh, and this time it was penned by George himself. The letter read as followed, and I quote, Just a few lines to let you know that I am getting my plans made to destroy your so-called mansion and you and your family immediately after the Shannons' trial. You know that the Shannons are victims of circumstances, same as you was. You don't seem to mind prosecuting the innocent, neither will I have conscience or qualms over brutally murdering your family. The letter warned. Okay? Now say it's up to you. If the Shannons are convicted, you can get another rich wife in hell because that will be the only place you can use one. Adios, smart one. Your worst enemy, George R. Kelly. I will put my fingerprints below so you can say, so you can't say some crank wrote this. His fingerprints. Are you believing? Um, the trials proceeded as planned. On the 30th of September, all the parties were found guilty. Robert and Ora Shannon, as well as Albert Bates, were sentenced to life imprisonment. The court showed no mercy. The court showed, uh, excuse me, the court showed more mercy to Armin. They received only 10 years. Probation. And at this point, George and Catherine could do anything, could do nothing but mourn from their Memphis hideout. Okay? Uh, that a guy, a second, a used car salesman uh, by trade let them use. Um, These were friends of George's brother-in-law. Now, because they were running low on cash, they had to have their money to bury. Okay. Uh, Lankford, this guy in Memphis, agreed to retrieve the jugs. So, He recruited Geraldine because she knew where they were. Um, 
but when Langford's own squad car parked outside the ranch, he made an immediate U-turn. Uh, so he released Geraldine. And uh, a few hours later, Geraldine disembarked from the train where she found her parents and a number of FBI agents uh, awaiting her in the platform. 12-year-old sweetly admitted that the kidnappers were in Memphis. Okay. Um, the early morning, you know, usually in Memphis, it looks pink and orange and all that. Uh, the FBI knocked down the door. Uh... And the, uh, when they did it, the uh, hungover Kellys were found in the bedroom. The floor littered with cigarette butts and at least six empty bottles of gin. <laughs> uh, of course, Catherine put up a fight. She was smashing plates and hurling blunt objects. Uh, of course, she was eventually arrested. George. He didn't really care. He was resigned to his fate. He knew what was going to happen. All right. And he said, don't, don't shoot, G-Man. Don't shoot. Um, he threw his hands up. And with a deep sigh, he lowered his arms and placed them behind his back. Okay, boys. I've been waiting all night for you. So on the 26th of September, 1933, after 56 days on the run, this man and his wife, were apprehended and taken into custody, and they became the first criminals in American history to be transported via an aircraft. George and Catherine were both brought in for arraignment at the Shelby County Jail. Now, despite all the things that had happened, uh, despite all the things that had it happened. This woman turned her back on her husband. She told him she didn't have anything to do with it. She was, uh, she didn't want to have anything to do with him. Uh, get rid of him. And she didn't want to be his wife. But, because of all that, None of that worked, okay? On October 12, 1933, George was sentenced to life in prison and his wife was dealt the same fate. Um, <clears throat> but even though she tried to stab him in the back, it's told that uh, She held him in a deep embrace and reminded him to be a good boy as they exchanged their goodbyes. Uh, but Catherine was, earned, was granted early release in 1958. Um, she got a new identity. Her and Oral both were released. And Uh, Catherine chose 
to go by Lyra Cleo Kelly until her death in 1985. The mother-in-law, the mother and daughter, ex-cons, spent the rest of their lives in Oklahoma, where they made a quiet living as a nurse and bookkeeper, respectively. But George R. Kelly could help being haunted by a vision of a life as it used to be. And at such times, this is a, this is a quote from him. A prisoner cannot help being haunted by a vision of the life as it used to be. And at such times, I pay with delicious sense of melancholy my tribute to the life as it was. Attributed by George R. Kelly. Won't be long, I'm fixing to tell you who he is. Right now. As it turns out, Machine Gun Kelly was making national headlines right around the time federal authorities were debating the most infamous prison in America, Alcatraz. Island has been home to a lighthouse, a military fort, a national park, and a gathering of Native American protesters. But say the name Alcatraz to any American and they will immediately associate it with prison. This is somewhat ironic since the island, just a mile and a half away from San Francisco in the Bay, was a federal prison for only three decades. But in that time, the rock became notorious for being the most secure prison in the nation. And in that time, I'm reading the in a book, three dozen prisoners tried to escape, which led to the Battle of Alcatraz and some of the most complex plots ever made to bust out. But nobody ever successfully escaped the rock, and several died trying. As one commenter pointly said, you break the rules, you go to prison. You break the prison rules, you go to Alcatraz prison. Another writer echoed the sentiment calling Alcatraz the great garbage can of San Francisco Bay, in which several federal prisoners dumped its most rotten apples. Several, every federal prison dumped its most rotten apples, okay? Al Capone stayed at Alcatraz prison. Uh, so, says here, as criminals like Al Capone and Machine Gun Kelly were carrying out their crimes, U.S. Attorney General Homer Cummings and Sanford Bates, the head of the federal prisons, decided to take their new project under their wings. They zoned in on Alcatraz Island and decided it was an optimal site for a new penitentiary. And this is where Machine Gun Kelly lived out his last days. And that is the end of part six on the infamous Machine Gun Kelly, who was the only person in the country of the United States of America who was feared by everyone and had never killed a single person. And as always, I'm going to end by saying, let's get her done.